Welcome back to the Better Than Best Academy, where we have inspiring conversations with extraordinary people. We want to give you the tools and the lessons that you need to fulfill your purpose while making a positive impact on the world. Now let's dive into today's episode. Who is Nick? As a kid, like a real young kid, I was real imaginative and I like to just spend time alone in my room playing out imaginary scenarios. An interesting fact about me is that my parents never took me to kindergarten. So I was just stuck at home, just, you know, making fun for myself. And I think that kind of trained my creativity up a little bit. But okay, then I got to school. I was kind of considered, it's a small school, so that's not like anything crazy, but I was considered kind of like the smart kid who can do stuff without putting too much effort in. And this was actually kind of a detriment towards my life because then I associated with, and I never, well, now I have learned, but until a very young age, I just did not learn to actually put effort in to gather knowledge and to actually get better at things. I thought that it was the highest honor to be good at things naturally. And that is not the case. That is absolutely not the case. It's like this gifted kid, the syndrome or whatever they found. I'm not even sure, but yeah. And then I got. Like at seventh grade, I got into what is considered the best school in Latvia. And what you just have to do to get in there is do a maths exam. And there's also a little bit of a funny story behind that. Because when my mom asked me if I want to go there, I said, no, I don't. But then two weeks before the deadline, I was like, nah, mom, I'm bored of this small school. I actually do want to go. And then in two weeks, my mom herself with her own hands and her own mouth and her own mind taught me all of this math stuff didn't wow. take me to any teacher and that's crazy because she's not a mathematician or anything just took this little book and taught me but it's like seventh grade math but still impressive in my eyes and yeah then i spent six years in that school and that's when i started to kind of slowly develop some or i could call them mental issues because i was really really stressed all the time about the future i was really stressed about finances because we were not poor growing up, but we were also not rich. And in the school that I went to, it's a place where they take a bunch of rich kids. So it was a space where a lot of comparison happened from my side. All these kids, they got the new iPhone. I got some standard phone. Like it's fine, but whether I like it or not, it did lead to comparison. And just, uh, there are other details, but the summary of that is that I just developed a lot of anxiety regarding money. So my only goal for quite a long time was to get myself to a place where I don't stress about finances. And this led me to picking a path in university, which could lead to that. And I had two choices. Basically it was either programming or mathematics. The funny thing about programming is that the faculty where it happens does not have parking. So I didn't choose it because I live, live quite hot, far from the city. And I was like, I'm not going to go by bus. I'm going to go by car. There's no, no chance. So I just went for mathematics, but yeah, sorry. That's funny. Yeah. So I just went for mathematics, but, and yeah, studied four years and finished it. And I regret not a single second of it. There were hard four years, not exactly because of the studies more because it was kind of like boring and I was not sure if I'm interested in it and I 
didn't fully resonate with most people there. But now looking back at it, studying mathematics really provided me with a lot of logical reasoning skills and critical thinking skills and just problem solving abilities and the ability to reverse engineer problems. Yeah. And I believe, I feel like that has truly, truly been a large part in the person that I am today. And yeah, while I was studying mathematics, then I also got a job in a data related field, just data, analy data analytics, data science, stuff like that. And it's a decent career. You know, it pays well. It's not my passion or anything. At times I tried to convince myself it is, yeah, but it is not, but it is not. And with this career, I have now gotten to a pretty comfortable income, not rich by any means once again. And Latvia is quite a cheap country, so I don't need that much, but I can pay comfortably pay for rent and basically do live the mod modest lifestyle that I live yeah. and not really count my money at all, even though I should, I should start budgeting more because yeah, that's just sure. a good habit to get into. But I have put that on the back burner for now. I have done that in the past. Just too many things on my plate, but I will return to it. And with the last pay increase, I felt like I had to reach my goal, which was financial safety. Yeah. So once again, I'm going to jump a bit back into the past. An important detail that I did not mention is that ever since I was a kid, I've been looking into the direction of self-improvement and personal development. I remember at times when I was like, I don't know, 12 years old, hopping on YouTube, watching these like random videos that the kids like to watch, like how to get a six pack in five minutes and then try to do that, you know, how to do a backflip and then go out on the trampoline and try to do the backflip, like, like little self-improvement kind of things like this. And as I got older, I got more into how to invest and stuff, which is kind of funny because it makes you feel pretty bad to watch videos on how to invest when you don't even have any mother money to invest in the first place. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then back to the present moment. Well, not the present moment, but the recent past. Yeah, I felt like I have enough money finally. So I was like, I'm ready to start improving on my life again. And the funny thing is that for two months, a video by Dan, Dan Coe was stuck in my feed. Yeah. This video of how to get ahead of 99% of people in six to 12 months. And it had like a monk mode and the thumbnail. And the thing is that I'm already familiar with monk mode. So I was like, that looks interesting, but I'm not going to watch it. I know everything that it's going to talk about. Yeah. Two months later, click on the video. It's nothing like I imagined it. It was something completely different. He introduced me to the concept of the one man business and the personal brand building and stuff like that. And this really, really resonated with me because I always knew that I do want to move in the direction of entrepreneurship. But the thing is that I could not really imagine myself being the owner of like a big company with a bunch of branches and employees. But the fact that you can create like your own personal brand and use all your past experiences and the things that you will learn in the future to help people who are facing the same problems that you are, or you have in the past, just like really thought about it. And I was like, yep, that's exactly what I need to do. And the thing that was required to do that was getting comfortable with judgment from other people, which does not even exist, but getting comfortable with it in your mind. 
just being able to put yourself out there, tweet, post videos, stuff like that. I actually have an article on my own website about how I did exactly this. I called it the unconventional path to unlocking confidence. And once again, I'm not saying I'm the most confident person by any means. I'm just talking about how I used to be really, really insecure. And now I am no longer so. And I just tell the story on how I did that. That's awesome. And that kind of brings me to the present moment. Like that whole article holds the story of what has happened in the past two months. I started from just posting some little silly random tweets to hopping on calls with people to eventually posting some photos of myself. And then eventually what I have done recently is started a series on Twitter, which I call practicing speaking on camera. I have made five videos by now, just talking about random topics, trying to get comfortable with it because I eventually do want to move on to YouTube, but to do that. I want to be able to make quality videos and not stutter all the time. And yeah, here I am today, basically. I hope that was not so long and I hope I did not miss anything too important. I definitely did because you can't tell a whole life story in such a short yeah. amount of time, but that's going to do. For sure. I think you did great considering you were just put on the spot by it. Uh, one, one thing I do want to ask, man, there's a, a couple of different places I'd like to dissect from, from your story. But first, I, I'm curious, what was it that inspired you to like start this personal brand and this, was it that, that video or was it something in particular? Well, if I had to amount it to one thing, then yeah, it was that video, but not uh -huh. that video alone, but that video led me to check out all other of dance content, which talks way more into detail of it. And that led me to actually taking the leap of, and buying a course, which Dan has made. And it was kind of like, felt really expensive for me, but I was like, if I do this, then at least I'm definitely going to take action because I'm not going to let that money go to waste. And that's what I did. And having bought this course, a little plug for Dan, it is expensive, but I feel like it could be much more expensive. Yeah, for sure. And that's usually how it goes in this personal development space. You know, it's like knowledge is great. You can go search for the knowledge, but it's getting that personalized touch that comes from a course or comes from one-on-one -on -one coaching. Like that's one thing that I, I try to preach all the time to my clients is like your dreams are priceless and your yourself, like investing in yourself is the biggest investment and the most important investment you should make. Because if you don't invest in you, then how are you expecting to do anything else outside of that? And I think that's so good. And I love that you found Dan's stuff because I've seen some of his stuff and I think he does phenomenal work. And definitely not a not a podcast to promote him the whole time. But but definitely I, I, I think that's great that you found found someone you resonate with and something that's helping you get to the next level. Man, I'm curious. I kind of wanna I wanna try. So I, I do an exercise with some of my clients. If you're not opposed to it, I'd like to try that exercise with you. Sound good? Good. Sure. Sweet. Sweet. Let me pull up my notes. But essentially, it's, I like to call it the, the holy cow exercise. <laughs> and I, I try not to use explicits, but it would be the holy crap if I was, I was to say, say the other word. But I want you, Nick, I want you to imagine that we're on a call, another call, and it's three years from now. 
And what would it take for you to say, holy cow, Red, my life is amazing. The last three years have been incredible. My business, my, my personal life, all areas are amazing. I want you to take a few minutes and just share with me what, what that life would be like three years in the future. But not like, oh, I'm going to do this, but speak it like you're already living it now. Hey, I'm going to do a little bit of a preface and then I'm going to yeah, hop into that. It. The preface is that I know that I know that I will have more, but I'm really modest with what I wish for because I truly do not need much. So now I'm going to hop into acting like I am there. So, hey, I'm Nick. I'm 27 years old now and I no longer work in a nine to five in a data related field. It was a good period of my life, but it had to go. I outgrew it, outgrew that. And these days, what I do is I wake up every morning. I do a bunch of writing, go on walk and work on creating solutions for problems that people face on the way to becoming who they want to be, or just in general, achieving goals. And I'm. I like to write articles on this stuff. I like to create long and short form content on this stuff. And I like to create tools that accompany these topics that I talk on. So everything that is talked on can actually be implemented with actionable steps. And I'm just really happy that there is at least one person in the world to whom I have been useful. And I am also happy that I do make a little bit of money from it because that does allow me to put my whole time into it and I don't have to go looking for look don't have to go look for resources elsewhere and in the spare time nothing has changed really three years ago I used to go to the gym almost every day still do that used to go for walks still do that used to play around with making music used to do that now I'm really good at I'm fly that that's awesome I love that I appreciate you getting into character. Like I, I've asked this to quite a few people, but few people really stepped into it like you did. So I really want to en encourage you on that because you're already way ahead of the game. Because a lot of people, they're like, when I'm looking, uh, I'll be this way. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not I'll be. It's already, I'm already there. And even you said you're a modest and I think that's a great, it's great to be humble. And I want to encourage you that, yeah, you, you're going to surpass that for sure. But with the next question in this series of questions, I'd like to ask back to currently, what is the, the dangers in your way? Like what is holding you back or preventing you from living this life that you see three years from now? I like to contemplate on this here and there. And currently I think that the biggest danger that can happen, but does not have a too high likelihood is for example, a horrific tragedy happening to myself or to a loved one. And I have not experienced times like this too much in my life. So it's hard to prepare ahead of time for something that has never, ever happened before. If you asked me this question a couple of months ago, I would say periods of dopamine depletion, where I just lose sight of my goals, lose sight of my vision and start to associate myself with this unmotivated version of myself. But by now I have been through these phases so many times that I can 
bring awareness to the fact that that is not the true me and the true me does actually want to continue on the path and a small plug by me, if I may, on Monday, I will be actually launching an article on this exact topic and a system to go along with it. How I created a four day system for myself that I can always follow when I meet these periods, which I call dopamine drought, because we, our mind gets real foggy during those times and to have a laid out plan in front of you that you just have to follow. And perhaps you have like the first time might be a bit difficult to trust it, but if you have done it three times, then there is no reason to not trust it anymore. If it has yeah. worked three times and you have evidence gathered for it. So yeah, that was a bit of a tangent off topic, but yeah, like a, a tragedy is one thing and all others, I believe that I kind of have control over right now. Yeah. Also, a couple of months ago, I would have maybe said not seeing any progress for a year or something. But yeah. these days, it's not even that important because I look at all of this journey just a way to accelerate my own personal development to godlike speeds. And let's say I don't get any any progress for a year, which is impossible, of course. But let's say that happens. That's also like a really, really good mental practice. Like, can you continue without getting the dopamine from these engagements, follows, everything yeah. like that? And if you can, then I think you're set. You're going to improve on the things that did not work and then just improve from there. And yeah. Man, I love that. And that kind of goes to the next question, Nick, is what about the opportunities? Like, what are the things that could actually help you fly in the next three years? The opportunities. Well, I probably, I think it's no secret. The biggest opportunities lies, lie in meeting the right people, you know? Yeah. And just getting help from somebody who's already a few steps ahead of you in the same direction that you want to go. And I have already met a bunch of really lovely people on this journey. And, but I currently call them more like friends instead of business partners. They have, but like they have not given me any like direct opportunities, but they have been the core reason why I am feeling so confident in this whole thing. For example, this guy that I met on Twitter when I was two weeks in and I had scheduled a call with him and two days prior to the call, I crashed, I burned out. I was yeah. nearly done and I was thinking of canceling this call, but I didn't. And I woke up the day and I was like, okay, I'm going to have this call. Okay. And we ended up hopping on the call and having a wonderful conversation about this exact thing about burnout and about like how, yeah, we all have so much on our plates and it can be hard to balance at times. And that led us to narrow down on what we call the seven pillars of an enjoyable life. And to this day, I contemplate my status on each of them each morning. And I'm going to quickly go over them, not explain them, but just call them out. First is quality rest. Second is vigorous exercise. Third is a healthy diet. The fourth is meaningful socialization. The fifth is leaving someone's scheduled time. Number six is having enough meditative activity. And number seven, and like the most important one, but they all tie together, is clarity on your purpose. Man, those are good. I love that while going through this exercise, you're already giving like advice for each one that you answer. This is cool. 
I know that this this is going to help some people. You listening at home, you better be taking notes. Man, so with that, I also love the the next question is what are your strengths? Like I I can already see your strength right away that you you have this ability to relate what you've been through with how it's improved and how you can improve and how you pull into others. But I won't answer the question for you is, yeah, what are your strengths? Like what makes you special, Nick? Like what's really setting you apart from anyone else that may be on Twitter or wherever it may be? Am I allowed to use the one swear word? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I just choose not to use swear words, but again, sometimes they come out because it's just honest. But yeah, they, they, they sometimes have their place. So what yeah, I wanted exactly. to say is that I believe that my strength is that I have been through a lot of mental bullshit yeah. and I have gotten through it and come out on the other side. And it was a really long process with a lot of ups and downs. It was not a linear process. There were times where I thought, okay, I'm getting out of it and this is how I'm going to stay. And then inevitably a low period strikes and I go back down. And then it takes a real long time to gather the courage again to start back up again. And then I do it and then I make some, make a lot of progress and I crash again. And I, there have been countless times where this has happened. And the culminating factor, which actually allowed me to break through, and I am a big advisor for it, is therapy, actually. And to be more specific... It's cognitive behavioral therapy, and I'm going to maybe explain it in a few words for people that might know what it is. It's, I would describe it as an evidence-based approach in changing your patterns of thought. You just gather evidence against your own thoughts not being true and they not, them not serving you. And this does not make any difference instantly, but over time, having gathered a lot of evidence took me about half a year to see real, real progress. With enough evidence, you have no other choice than to start believing that these thoughts do not serve you. And what happens then is that just subconsciously, you start to make the switch and you're not cured, but you know what to do in these situations where your feelings and thoughts take over your mind. And eventually, when you can pinpoint the thoughts that are not serving you, you can start to get better and better. Hey, I just wanted to pause here and give you the opportunity to either apply to be a guest on this show or give you the opportunity to work with me as your coach. To do that, you will find either of those links in the description that'll say either be a guest on the show or book a free 30-minute Zoom discovery call. Each path will get you headed towards living your most creative and fulfilled life as you learn to live better than best. All right, now back to today's conversation. That's not allowing them to come in in the first place. So good. What would you say, and, and I love, so this is kind of the last of this little series of questions, which I, I have more questions for you as long as I think we'll, we'll, we'll be good on time. I, 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 love, I love where the conversation's heading. But I'm curious, so what would you think is the dark side of your strengths? The dark side of my strengths. Well, I might think that I am all over this and I've gotten through this breaking point and and now I'm all good. But the dark side might be that there are still things that I have not anticipated. And I might once this might just be another one of those times where I'm just going up and there might be a crash after it. I believe that I'm well prepared for it now and that it will not happen. But you can never be sure. 
That's good. That's good. Also, so I want to, that that's great. And I can agree. And also I relate to that area of your story. Like you mentioned, you, you've been through these spaces where you feel like you've got it figured out and then, or like you're getting on the high horse and then like you hit a valley and you're like, man, I think it's so important for us to experience those things because it's out of those times that we really are building that resilience. We're learning how to handle rejection. Like you mentioned, if you do this for a year and you don't see progress, it's still progress because you've learned that you have that resilience. And I think that's such a a great thing to touch on. But I want to circle back to, because like you said, you've been putting out these videos on your Twitter and you're, you're basically learning how to be better on camera. And I love that. I think that's great that you're committing to building that skill. I, I'm just, I'm just curious, how has that journey been for you? Like, what have you learned? And, and side note is what is stopping, and, and this might be a dumb question to ask, but what's stopping you from posting your journey on YouTube, even though it may not be at the level you want it to be? Okay. So I'm going to circle back a little bit to the past. So once again, mentioning this article that I wrote, what I tell there is that there were basically three parts of the story. First was getting used to my own voice and that I did, that I did, it was not the intention, but how I did it was just the recording myself singing along the songs and freestyling on beats. And I was really, really bad at it at first because I did not have a musical bone in my body. So it was real, real cringe, but I still like when I was in a good mood, I liked to listen to it and I could see the humor in it just uh, like connecting it with me playing out imaginary scenarios as a kid. But when I was in a low point, I was like, oh my God, this is bad. And I want to delete every single one of them, but I didn't. So, and eventually I just kept doing that and I kind of got comfortable with my own voice and that led me to the next part. I. Throughout my life, there have been many times where I pick up journaling as a thing that I do. But the thing is that I think fast, write fast, write by pen. My hand hurts. I have to stop. I don't like it. So what I decided to do, I'm just going to do it in video format. I just put my phone on recording and just started talking to the camera. And this eventually led me to build up the skill to talk to myself with no intention of posting anything for like up to 20 minutes, just about my day and stuff. And I would occasionally watch it just to see like how I present myself. And yeah, I just got to real used to seeing myself on camera this way. And then I had always had this thought in the back of my mind that I want a YouTube channel or something like that, because the YouTube dads basically are my, uh, what, who raised me. Like I spent so much time there and learned everything from them. And I was like, just always wanted to also do that. And then one day I sat down and I was like, I'm going to try to make a YouTube video, but with no script or anything, I'm just going to like pick a topic that I want to talk about and do it. I don't remember the topic anymore, but I sat down and started to speak and I I, I just can't say say anything, you know, the flow completely blocks. Like I feel kind of nervous. I don't have breath anymore for some reason. And I was like, okay, it's a completely different story to film with the intention of posting it somewhere than it is just a film for yourself. But this was already at the point where I had started my Twitter journey. So I've a few days later, I was like, I could just make a video and post it on Twitter because with my 
experience and knowledge on cognitive behavioral therapy, I knew that this is just another like cases of another case of that, just exposure therapy and practice. So I posted my first video and the topic to pick the topic was real easy because I was like, what can I talk about? Huh? I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to talk about how I cannot film a video with the intention of posting to other people. And it was like a 90 second video and I posted it completely detached from what's going to happen. And it turned out to be my most engaged tweet. It got 10 K impressions, which for me at that point was kind of a lot. Yeah, and cool. yeah. And then a few days later, I filmed the second part and it was already much, much easier. And then I filmed the third and the fourth. Those were pretty easy. And this morning I sat down and filmed my fifth one. Actually, I posted it and I wrote in the tweet as well, that it was kind of hard this time. And I believe that it is due to the fact that I picked a topic that is kind of like of importance to me and I wanted to present it well. So I kind of got into my own head about how I'm presenting it. And the topic was the seven pillars of enjoyable life. Actually, I wanted to speak on them. So I did that. So that's been the journey so far. And regarding the question on why I ha don't have a YouTube channel yet, it, it just comes down to not having enough time to spend on that currently. And I am in no rush and I know that I will get there. That's right. I just wanted to ask that because I know a lot of times, even it's like you said, you're getting the skills to grow into that. And I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like a, a mental block that was stopping you. Yeah. And it was more so like a, a time issue. Yeah. And I think that's great. I'm all, I'm all for what's up. Yeah. Another thing would be that on Twitter, I believe that it is much more reasonable to post just a random single take yeah. video, which you don't really script for or think out too much. But on YouTube, when I do get there, I want to make videos that I put a little bit of more thought into yeah. Twitter is just for practice. And then YouTube is going to be actual videos that, yeah, I put effort in. That's a great idea. That's awesome. I was going to ask a follow and totally blanked out. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I think that's, that's really cool that you just, you've just started to press record and you've allowed Twitter to be that safe place for you. I think it's super interesting. I just now got back on Twitter. Like I was on Twitter back during like high school days years ago. And then for whatever reason, I put all my focus in on TikTok and Instagram and a friend of mine has been helping me get my Twitter back going and I'm like, this is cool. Cause I mean, we, we met through Twitter and now we're on a podcast together. And I think it's really interesting to see that space still being used, but, but I'm curious. So in your journey, cause you've been doing this, what, not, not super long, right? What has been your biggest struggle or challenge in your journey of doing this so far? Yeah. So I actually grew, didn't. I created my Twitter account in 2011 when I was like in the seventh grade. And when yeah. people used to tweet stuff like going to the toilet, eating a croissant and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I cleaned out my Twitter and put on a profile picture and posted my first tweet on the 9th of March, which is now what a month and a half ago. Yeah. And it feels, does not feel like a month and a half. It feels like half a year with the amount of stuff that new stuff that has been happening and with the way that our mind works that. When we have new experiences, it just feels like a longer time. Yeah. But the biggest, biggest problems that I have faced or the hurdles or roadblocks. Well, the first one was the burnout that I faced. Because during this burn, like when you start out on Twitter or 
any building any social media presence or whatever, you have not yet found your voice. You don't really know what's the exact message that you want to send. You don't know exactly how you want to present yourself. You don't know how to make a good bio, a good banner. Maybe you don't have a good picture. And after these two weeks, I was feeling, I was really riding a wave these two weeks, waking up early every morning, engaging a bunch, just spending way too much time on Twitter, honestly, and just excusing it with building something. But then in reality, it was mostly just looking for dopamine. So that inevitably led me to a dopamine crash. And that led me to reflect on the fact, goddamn, I don't like a lot of the stuff that I post. I don't like my profile picture. I don't like my banner. I have come across like really arrogant at times, I feel like, and that just due to being in a really, really dopaminergic state and losing sight. And yeah, and then I, I I was just down bad that one day, just not thinking about quitting yet, but uh, very, very close to it. And yeah, I already mentioned that call with Max. That's what kind of got me out of it. Not instantly, but it gave me peace that I can continue. So that is one problem that I really faced. And yeah, then, well, I kind of already mentioned it, but that is a real problem, like getting addicted to the dopamine hits of Twitter, like and just engaging with people and stuff like that. And you have to like find the, define what's the limit. Like when are you working on stuff and when are you just scrolling social media, like any other social media. And it's just a fight with the mind. I made a tweet about this recently, how I look at the mind that there are two entities. There is the will, which knows how to guarantee a good future. And then there's the mind, which knows how to maximize pleasure in the moment. And there are times when the mind can take control, but it should always be under the supervision of the will. And the problem has been these past two months here and there, not realizing that the mind is acting on its own with no supervision of the will. So that could be kind of how I can explain one of the biggest, biggest problems that I have been facing. Man, man, that's so good. And I believe that that's what so many of us face. It's like you said, we get so addicted to the dopamine hit we get from an engagement, even from a like, to the point where I I think of it even, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to grow a business where you can fall in love with the the engagements and the the conversations that you miss the mark of, have I really tried to sell a service or a product? And it's like, next thing you know, you've just spent all your time either doom scrolling or getting into all these conversations that aren't really with intention. And it goes back to like you were mentioning when you're making content, like making a video, it's when it's easy to just press record and sit and think about anything and talk about anything. And the same will go when we pick up our phone. But when we have that ability to tap into, this is my intention in this moment. Like, what am I trying to do? Like when I hop on this call to have this podcast with you, my goal is to both encourage you, inspire you to do more, but also how can our conversation together encourage those that are going to hear it once it gets posted. And with that intent, like, yeah, we can still have fun. We can still cut up and tell funny stories, but at the end of the day, there's, there's growth being made. Definitely. Definitely. That's like, that's like one of the main drivers that keeps me going. I'm going to tell again, I guess a little bit of my thoughts about returning to the seven pillars and 
having clarity on your purpose and then what even is this purpose. And that's also that I do split in two parts. There's like the selfish part and then there's the grander purpose. And the selfish part is just stuff like make more money, become jacked, become better at speaking, whatever, whatever, like things that could be called as, could be called egotistical. They're not really, but they could be called. Yeah. And the thing is that if you only have a purpose like this, you're inevitably going to fail. What are you going to do in times where, let's just return to dopamine. Your dopamine is depleted and this causes you to lack self-love maybe a little bit. Then you no longer really give a, give a care about improving yourself. So then you're just going to quit and going to go back into the comfort zone. But that's why it's so important to have this grander purpose, which I look at, it must include the external world in whatever way suits you. It could be helping other people. It could be helping animals. It could just be maybe environmentalism, whatever, just making the external world better. And then you connect all of these selfish goals, which are the stepping blocks on the road to this grander purpose, to the grander purpose. And then you can always return to this grander purpose to gain some inner motivation to keep going and keep working on what you have set out to. Yeah. So good. I appreciate you sharing all this, man. There's going to be so many, so many moments for people to glean from. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Now we probably got 10, 15 ish minutes left. I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you mentioned you, you've got somewhere to go after this. So I'll just ask two final questions. Obviously I, I don't have to ask where people can find you because you sent all that information and that's going to be in the link. So I'll be sure to say that on camera for everyone listening at home, go check them out, follow them on Twitter. Do all the things, you know, I, I always get tired of being that person on podcasts and on video. It's just like, go follow. If, if you like the content, you'll find it. It's going to be right there in the de- description. Definitely, sh- and, you know, go go find him, be a part of his his community, what he's got to offer. But with all that said, I, I like to kind of wrap up our conversations with these two questions. And the first one being, so... When I'm doing all these questions all day, and I and I kind of asked the question in the beginning, but was there anything that I missed that you want to cover? Maybe it's a question, or maybe you have another question for me. The things that we have we haven't covered, nothing comes to mind. And the thing is that if nothing comes to mind, and if I try to search for it on the spot, yep. I'm not going to find it. Yep. But the I question agree. that I want to ask you, I thought of it at one point and didn't ask it because we were engaging in a conversation. I just kind of realized that it might have been another question that I might have asked you at the start when you asked me to ask you a question. I wanted to ask you, what was your goal with this podcast when we first started off? And maybe what were your expectations? With this specific episode or just my podcast in general? This specific episode, I suppose. But then if you can also tie in the general purpose, that would also be wonderful. So so the goal this podcast was one obviously have an ex- have an interesting conversation with an extraordinary person because that's kind of like the that's the fun kind of it it happens easier but the deeper meaning there would again provide value for at least one person for someone to be like oh his story inspired me to go after what i've been putting off or to pursue whatever that may be. That's kind of what I was going for with when I sit down with, with you specifically for this conversation today. But as a whole, again, like the name of my, my podcast is called the better than best Academy. And yes, my, my niche is creative people, but the better than best Academy just means that like a lot of times we're taught in school, a certain level of 
like how to do things, but it's through our own life experiences we kind of learn these these tools for the trade, you could say, or like the things like you've learned from Dan Co or any of these other things that you've. And I feel like we all are like a combination of our journey. And when we're able to share our journey and commit to being better daily, like we're never going to be our best. We're all there's always something to improve. And not in the sense of like that's crippling, like obviously burnout is real and being overwhelmed is real. But if we look at our life as like it's the journey and like when we get to a goal, the goal isn't the final destination. It's just almost like a checkpoint. It's like in a video game, you have those certain checkpoints where you can save where you don't have to go further back. I feel like that's what goals are in our life because ultimately the true destination is when we die. <laughs> because It sounds yeah. morbid. But like, it's the end of our life. Like that is the destination. So what are we going to do in this journey up until then to be the best self, to provide not only for ourselves, but those, like you said, that other external, like what what can I do to better the world, better the person in front of me? And that's kind of like a really broad way to say it. But, but I appreciate you asking, asking that question. And it's really something I think of. And that's why it kind of ties into my final question that I love to ask my viewer my my guest for the for the day is okay so picture you're on your your deathbed so it's the end of your life you've had a great amazing life you've done all the things it's it's similar to our 3 years but even further in the future cuz obviously we're going to live fairly long time at least that's what i hope cuz i have a lot i have a lot to impact and you're sitting on your deathbed and you're surrounded by your loved ones what do you want to be remembered for I think it's pretty simple just for having helped people and having spent my life helping and inspiring and maybe also having been rich, but using my riches for the greater good and not just to accumulate wealth. And I think that's like pretty simple, like being remembered for, you know, he tried to do the best with what he could and he did a good, pretty good job at it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's great, man. Well, if you have, if you don't have anything else for me, I think that's a, that's a good place to, to wrap up today's conversation. And yeah, man. I love to cut things off while they are still really fun and engaging. That's yeah. just something that I like. I'm trying to do that in my life. I don't always succeed. For sure. You know, yeah. when you, when you just stay at an occasion for too long and then, oh, it's no longer fun. But if you leave while well, it's still fun, you'll remember it with good memories. Yeah, I like to say it. I like to stop when I'm full. Mm. It's like we eat a meal and sometimes we want that extra dessert and I'm sure it tastes good. But do you want that? What, what happens with that extra load of food when you could have just stopped right when you were satisfied, right when you're full? Yeah, I, I love that idea. Thank you so much for watching and listening today. Let's stay connected. You can either click on the video or click that little subscribe button so we can stay connected. And also be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at coach.redwallet to get more consistent encouragement and motivation to live your better than best life.